Hey, welcome to Bruise Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 10 of Brews Culture. I just spilled my beer, and today we've got an interesting combination for you. But before we get into that, I got my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine over the weekend. Felt all right. I know the majority of severe symptoms typically seem to happen after the second dose of these vaccines, but I wanted to say that so far so good. Just had injection site soreness and a bit of fatigue. Nothing too serious. My pregnant wife also received her first dose of Pfizer about a week before I did. And she also reported no severe symptoms. Now, again, we are not uh, fully vaccinated, but we are on our way there. And uh, it seems like most of the country is. Ohio just opened up vaccinations for anybody over the age of 16. So Ohio will soon be as vaccinated as it can be from those who are willing to participate. In any case, if you are unsure of the long-term effects, totally understand. Obviously not a fully approved vaccine, not fully tested, but I have family and friends deep in the medical industry who have encouraged me to get it, but I'm not in the business of vaccine shaming anyone. But do your research, obviously, Uh, come to your own conclusions, and just be respectful of each other. So, in other news, the Brewers Association released today, March 30th, its top 50 brewing companies by sales volume for the year 2020. It's a really interesting chart. You see a lot of breweries from California, as, as one would probably think, but there are a lot of East Coast breweries as well that are on this list. It might surprise you too. So the number one craft brewing company in America in 2020, and I believe this isn't the first year it's been number one, is the DG Yingling and Son Incorporated. Now this is a Pennsylvania beer and until very recently, it was pretty much only distributed in Pennsylvania. A few years ago, it rolled over to Ohio and it was like hotcakes. Yingling, of course. They have more than just Yingling. But it flew off shelves here. And I remember my dad saying that when he was younger, people used to drive to Pennsylvania to go and grab some Yingling. So it's cool to see it uh, opening up distribution to other places now. But surprisingly enough, or maybe not surprising, I guess it depends on how much you follow this. But Yingling, the number one craft brewery in America. Followed closely by the Boston Beer Company, Sierra Nevada, as a fan of Ohio. But we'll get there. Bell's number seven. We we covered Bell's last week. Stone number nine. Sweetwater's pretty good at 11. We've got a hometown Cleveland classic, Great Lakes Brewing, coming in at 22. One of my all-time favorites, Three Floyds Brewing Company from Munster, Indiana, at 24. Rheingeist from Cincinnati at 25. We've got another Ohio beer, Brewdog Brewing, at 41. 
Revolution from before is at 39. And then our beer for today comes from Left Hand Brewing Company, which sits at number 47 on the 50 most successful craft breweries in the nation. And Left Hand Brewing is from Longmont, Colorado. And actually, they make a lot of good beers. And and they were uh, one of the first craft beer companies when I was first starting to get into it that I really enjoyed. And that was a beer that I probably shouldn't be drinking as I have a pretty severe milk fat allergy. But the beer was the Left Hand Brewing Nitro Milk Stout. The cool thing about a nitro beer for those of you who probably, all of you are probably familiar, but you typically hard pour a nitro beer, which means you just pour it straight upside down. Not too many beers are canned or bottled this way. Left Hand Brewing was definitely the first brewery that I had experience with many years ago that sold nitro beers. And they're cool. I mean, they're they're unique. They're, They're fun. The Nitro Milk Stout is a fantastic little creamy stout that is even more smooth as it is a nitro beer. You might be familiar with Budweiser's Golden Nitro Beer, and there's a handful of other nitro beers now, but Left Hand Brewing for me was always that original nitro beer experience in a bottle or a can. So today we'll be looking at a nifty little beer called Flamingo Dreams Nitro from Left Hand Brewing. And we'll be pairing it with one of the most popular and successful video game franchises, and in particular, the fifth entry in the Shin Megami Tensei Persona series. So Left Hand Brewing is a company that began in, I believe, 1993 from a pair of veterans from the Air Force, Eric Wallace and Dick Dorr. And they wanted to create beers that really got them excited to drink beers. You know, I mean, how many times do you take a look at a beer store and say, everything looks the same, everything probably tastes the same? I mean, there's there's a reason why when you're looking at, say, becoming a Cicerone, as I'm studying, why there's so much information and specific details to note when you are tasting beers or trying to find a beer to pair for a guest uh, whom you're serving. So Mr. Dorr and Mr. Wallace decided, hey, we like to homebrew. They turned their hobby into left-hand brewing in Longmont, Colorado. They're still independent. They're still pushing forward on their own. They distribute in all 50 states. They believe in building a community around better beer. This says word for word from their site. And basically their motto, I suppose, I picked up from their site, is that when the mainstream goes right, they go left. And what does that mean? It means when everybody's doing a certain thing, the gentlemen and ladies at Left Hand Brewing will be doing something unique. And it's totally true. If you look at left-hand brewing beers, there's not something that really sits as, say, a traditional beer. You've got your nitro milk stout. Doesn't really have a similar experience to any other stout I've had. You've got their Belgian triple. You've got, you know, any, and you typically don't see an American brewery 
pumping out Belgian triples. You've got the Flamingo Dreams Nitro, which is a raspberry, well, I guess a berry blonde ale. And then on top of that, the nitro aspect of it makes it a totally unique, poor experience. You know, it's drinking a beer is more than just taste. It's a huge part of it, of course. And pairing it with something good is is also a huge part of consuming beer. But the experience of pouring, the experience of creating the perfect head on your beer, whatever the case may be, it's all a part of this experience. And that nitro aspect just adds another layer of experience you don't typically get from a normal beer. So with Flamingo Dreams Nitro, we have a super subtle berry blonde ale that basically consists of Rocky Mountain water, some malt, some various hops, raspberries, and currants. And that's about it. It has a 4.7% alcohol content with an IBU a bitterness of 11. So there's really not much that an atypical beer drinker has to complain about. You know, my mom hates the typical beer's taste. I'm not sure that she would enjoy this one, but it would probably be as close to a beer that she would enjoy that I could find. She does enjoy it, and it's escaping me right now, but she does enjoy the grapefruit beer from a German brewery. In any case, uh, the Flamingo Dreams Nitro is a super smooth, refreshing, not-beer-tasting beer that... It might be the most subtle beer that will ever be on bruise culture. Why, though, right? Why why is it so subtle? Well, when you smell this beer, all you're getting is the scent of raspberries and black currants. So you've got this overwhelming smell of berries. And when you taste it, you know, there's no biting bitterness on your tongue. There's no heavy IPA bitterness that lingers. But it does remind me more of a sour beer than it does a blonde ale, if I'm being totally honest. But really, it reminds me, I mean, it not reminds me, but I don't want to put this in a poor light, but it's essentially like drinking flavored water. You don't have a beer taste. There's almost no beer taste. And, and when I say beer taste, I'm speaking like if you're popping a lager or an ale, and you just know that beer taste, you know, the hops maybe or, or the, you know, malt, whatever it be. This is like water. It really reminds me of water with, with berries. So what does that mean? means it may not be for everyone, but it also means that it could be extremely dangerous to drink, right? When you're drinking water, you knock back a water, pour yourself another glass, get another bottle of water, whatever it may be, and go to town. Likewise with Flamingo Dreams, if you particularly enjoy this, I mean, there's not much stopping you. And at 4.7%, it's easily crushable. In the warm weather, I can see this being extraordinarily enjoyable. Some of you might be experiencing nice warm weather now, but in Ohio, we just got back to 60 after a couple days of 30. So we're not quite there yet, but I can see it being a particularly solid beer in the warmer months. But on top of that, um, Left Hand Brewing is really a cool story, and they really do have a totally unique sampling of beers. If the Flamingo Dreams doesn't sound like it's right down your alley, I still suggest trying it. I always suggest 
trying something new. I wouldn't put a beer on this podcast that I myself wouldn't drink. Now, this is not my favorite beer ever, but it made the podcast. And I do like left-hand brewing. But if this sounds like something that you don't, you may not want to try just yet, I do recommend the Milk Stout. Even if you're not a fan of stouts, the left-hand Milk Stout Nitro is in itself a nice little experience. So, yeah, get yourself out to a store. Anywhere you live, you can find yourself left-hand brewing. Their Milk Stout Nitro is extremely popular, and for good reason. Uh, The Flamingo Dreams is a super smooth and refreshing berry blonde ale, where you can hardly tell that it's a beer. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good experience. I do enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. And, you know, what really stuck out to me, though, I particularly enjoyed the description, the little background information that they put on their box, which basically says, follow your dreams. You stand out in a crowd and only need one leg to find balance. You're not afraid to get your feet wet. You don't give a flock what others think. You embrace your inner flamingo and dare to turn your dreams into reality. You're ready for pink beer. Flamingo Dreams is a refreshing change from the ordinary. So, you know, they know it. Be yourself. Drink your beer. Enjoy your beer. Be confident in your beer. That's what I like about Left Hand Brewing, is I think that they embody those sentiments extremely well. Now, if you're curious about the Beer Advocate scoring that we typically do. And on Beer Advocate, the Flamingo Dreams Nitro sits at a solid 85, which is a very good, with over 100 ratings. And, yeah, so it's a solid beer. You know, it pours, pours pink with a pink head. It is super smooth. And like most nitros, I don't remember if I've talked about this already. If I have, I apologize. But most nitro beers that you'll try have a very different mouthfeel and smoothness than your typical beer. That's that's the essence of a nitro beer. But here you'll have a super smooth, sometimes, like if you're having the milk stout, it'll be creamier. And really, nitro beers are in themselves typically creamier, but they're creamy smooth. So you'll have a totally different mouthfeel. You'll have a totally different experience, not only pouring, but drinking these nitro beers. And it's not bad. It's not a bad experience. Again, I recommend Left Hand Brewing and recommend you try Flamingo Dreams if it sounds like something that's right down your alley. And if it doesn't sound like something that's right down your alley, but you're curious, give it a shot. What's the worst that happens? You buy a six-pack of beer and you have a good time, right? (laughs) So we've got this unique beer, beer that's about being yourself. And, you know, I sat on this a while. I almost didn't use it for this week because it really took me a while to figure out what to pair with Flamingo Dreams. But once I figured it out, I knew I had to do this. So I thought about a lot of games. You know, there's uh, Life is Strange, probably be a pretty good one. Maybe we'll use that in the future. Um, Nino Cooney, one or two are both really good, you know, coming of age stories. But what I settled on was Persona 5. Now, Persona 5, if you're unfamiliar with the Persona series, they're typically pretty dark stories. Uh, involving individuals who have abilities to summon what are called personas. Now, typically, I guess it depends on the story, but often the personas are different sides of the summoner. So 
in Persona 4, for example, before these characters joined your party, the Personas were essentially extensions of their darkest personalities. So if character A was an aggressive person because he had a secret that he didn't want to share, his persona would reflect that. Or if someone's super insecure, their persona might reflect that. So it's, it's really, it's an interesting study of the human psyche of, you know, psychology of characterization and there's a reason why the Persona series is, is super popular. And I think a huge aspect of that is the relation of the main Persona to each character. Now, Persona 5, to me, is even more interesting. And let me be clear. Persona 5 is not my favorite Persona. It's really good. Persona 4 won me over and really enthralled me from the opening credits to the closing moments. Persona 5, however while it's not my favorite, is brilliant. And uh, let me explain. So Persona 5 takes that whole examination of Psyche to uh, an entirely new level. In Persona 5, you've got your Personas. The whole Persona bit is as it has always been, essentially. And you can recruit more Personas as you continue on your journey. So Persona 5 features a cast of characters that are essentially misfits, outcasts. They don't fit in at school anywhere, really. They get in a lot of trouble, but they all come together. And, and they all come together mostly because of these outcast personalities. So they decide early on that they need to do something about the issues that their world is having. In particular, the issues that their school is having. So, you know, there was a girl who tried to kill herself... Uh, and, and nobody really knew why, but it ended up in mild spoilers. This is the first area. But the gym teacher, the star gym teacher, who was a track phenom, who was the coach of the team, he had been abusing his students, sexually abusing his students, verbally abusing his students in a very disturbing manner. And he pushed this girl to try to commit suicide. So your characters very early decide, hey, we need to do something about this. They call themselves the Phantom Thieves, and their capabilities that allow them to do this come from their personas, but their mission is to go in and steal the hearts of the people doing these terrible things. So the first palace of this gym teacher is a super creepy, over-sexualized dungeon. And when I say over-sexualized, I don't mean like the stereotypical fan service Japanese like RPG. I mean like dingy dungeon type of deal. It's it's really a dark scenario, but the characters decide that, hey, we need to straighten this guy out before he hurts anybody else. And so, interestingly, also on top of that, so the characters have their personas that symbolize themselves, and these palaces are Basically, when an ego gets too big or you're living a second life, these palaces represent that. So the gym teacher himself maybe doesn't fully accept or acknowledge that he does these things. Or if he does, he buries it deep inside. And so this palace is created. So the characters have their personas to relate to. The palaces kind of embody the acceptance or not acceptance of these terrible things that are affecting a person. But in the first dungeon, this gym teacher's palace, 
even his boss fight, when you're right at the end of the dungeon and you're getting ready to steal his heart, the boss that you fight is basically a very phallic enemy. I mean, graphically detailed to look like the male genitalia. And again, it's such a dark and disturbing aspect, but it totally represents the character whom it embodies. And so Persona 5 is definitely not going to be for everyone. There's a lot of subjects in Persona 5 that are, I mean, just think about what I just explained. They're dark and they are probably distressing to many people. But if you are able to get past that, and it's okay if you're not, but if you're able to overcome the uncomfortability or or maybe trauma that you've experienced, uh, there's a meaningful story and there's a meaningful tale within that really offers the best sort of advice, I guess. But it, it also shows the type of damage that people who are affected by these situations experience. And it's a really interesting examination of tragedy, I suppose would be an easy way of putting it. But it's also a super stylized game. It's perhaps the most stylistic of the franchise. Um, and the game was so popular that it created a spin-off Persona 5 Strikers. It's definitely the most stylized of the game. So it, it kind of fits with Flamingo Dreams in the sense that it's a super stylized beer. It's a super stylized game. It's not for everyone, but it is accessible to everyone. And if you own a PS5, it is one of the free PS4 classic games that if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you have access to for free. Well, I guess it's not for free if you're paying for PlayStation Plus, but you know what I mean. So not for everyone, but accessible to everyone. Gameplay is smooth. Drink is smooth. It's not your traditional RPG, though. It's not, not your traditional turn-based you know, walk two steps, engage in a random battle, or in the newer cases of RPGs, you know, maybe you sneak up on somebody. There's a whole set of mechanics for exploring the palaces. As you progress through the game, utilize a vehicle to get through the bigger dungeons. There's just a ton of stuff to do. All the Persona games offer you, you know, 70 plus hours of gameplay, if not more. And they're just overall meaningful stories that are extremely interesting character studies, but also not afraid to touch on sensitive subjects. In many cases, that's a good thing, but it is something to be forewarned about if you are new to the Persona franchise, and if it sounds interesting to you. But in any case, there are two unique examples of products in a very standardized set of industries. You know, what works for company A in a, in a beer industry will likely work for company B, and many companies build off of that. But if you go and look at the top 50 breweries, you'll notice that a lot of them succeed because they are unique. They have something that sets them apart from brewery A through Z. And the same thing goes with Persona. It's not a traditional RPG, it's not a traditional video game. From the visuals to the subject matter to the gameplay style, it's a pretty unique experience. It's even unique as far as personas go. So they're a pairing that, if you're in the mood, might be some of the best pairings we've done, if you're willing to tackle each. So 
I think it's a pretty auspicious note to, to end on. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. We will be playing Persona 5. Maybe we'll even touch Persona 5 Strikers if you're interested. This Friday on our Bruise Culture pairing stream where we will be drinking a Flamingo Dreams while playing Persona 5 and maybe Strikers. You can find us there at twitch.tv backslash bitcultures. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram at bitcultures. Our YouTube page is coming along. We're currently setting up a Discord server as well, so keep an eye out for that. But we'd love to have you uh, come hang out with us. If you're looking for new reviews, some news, bigcultures.com serves up some reviews every week. Every couple weeks depends on how much I am able to get through and sort through the mail that I receive. But we would love to have you there. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. Hope to see you next week. As always, drink responsibly, enjoy your games, and have a good one.